0: a podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And today, this morning, I attended the funeral for the mother of my dear, dear friend. And her mother passed away last Sunday. And uh, it was hard. It was so the ceremony was beautiful. Her mom had has been fighting cancer, just like my mom did, and um, had a long, painful treatment cycles and just a lot of ups and downs. And we spent a lot of time talking about those ups and downs and and how how they impact us and different things to expect and all sorts of all sorts of things. Uh, culminating in today her funeral and as I sat there and then drove home as well and now I'm driving to work um, I was really really it was really difficult for mostly I think just because my my own my own mother's death and funeral were just so recent um, and we just celebrated the I don't know if you celebrate. We just hit the six-month anniversary of my mom's passing. And so that was hard. The music was beautiful, and music was a big part of my mom's life, and music always evokes a lot of emotion from me, and that was difficult. Um, And at the same time, it was just beautiful. The whole thing was such a celebration and tribute to a wonderful woman. Though I only met her one time, um, I know just that one time, could feel of the love that she has for the whole world, for people in general. It was beautiful. And as I'm driving this afternoon, I am full of gratitude for the things that I know about grief. And so I wanted to just share with you some of the things that I'm grateful to know about grief. Because it takes courage to grieve. It takes courage to allow yourself to grieve and to go through the grieving process. It takes a lot of courage and I am waxing and waning in that courage and some days I have a lot of it and some days I don't have any of it and I'm trying to figure out this whole thing and, and the whole process. So I wanted to share a few things that I'm grateful to know about grief. Because these are things that I learned, that I have learned in the recovery process. Um, Someone said, it's not my own original thought, someone has said and, and described addiction as the grief process interrupted thought about that a lot. What exactly does that mean? The grief process interrupted. I know from my own life and from the people that I coach and the women that I work with and the people in my support networks and circles that addiction is merely a symptom. Addiction is not the problem. Addiction is a symptom. It's a symptom of a bigger problem and that bigger problem is unique to you. It's part of your own, um, makeup, it's part of your own background, it's part of part of it's the trauma you experience, the way that you look at the world, the things that were imposed upon you by others. Um you have this Brene that calls it a wild heart, right? You have this big wild wilderness inside of you, this heart to look at. And and, and some of that contains that baggage and some of that contains those problems that you have and And addiction is merely a symptom that some of these problems haven't been worked through and that some of these problems haven't been discussed and haven't been, uh, treated if you have PTSD or something like that, or just haven't been explored or examined. And for whatever reason, they've caused some behaviors, blockages, some issues for you. And one of the symptoms of that is addiction and one of the things that has really helped me in recovery and in the addiction in the recovery process is the understanding that in order to move out of addiction we have to learn to grieve and to really look at the things in our life that we need to grieve and you know, I was kind of innocent, naive, naive is the right word, not innocent. It's kind of naive getting into recovery and really thought that grief was around losing someone, you know, death, right? Grief was associated with death. And that's just simply not true. Grief is any kind of loss that you may experience as any, any kind of loss that you may experience. That could be loss of a job loss of a partner, loss of a family. It could be actual physical death, like when you're experiencing the loss of a loved one. It could just be divorce, that you experience the loss of your family through divorce or through your consequence of your own behavior. It could be that you moved away and you experience the loss of familiarity around your surroundings, people, places, things that you loved, and there's a grieving process that goes along with that. It could be uh, the loss of a dream, the loss of something that you wanted to have in your life that hasn't come to fruition or can't or won't come to fruition, Um, the loss of that dream. You could be grieving or there could be a loss experienced, um, John, John Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, when I had him on uh, for our podcast episodes about big emotions, one of the things he talked about is grieving what could, sorry, there was this really big car next to me and it was... Like weaving, so I had this little interruption there. Sorry. He talked about grieving things that that were, but were not enough, and that was a that was a big one for me because my family was super close and tight knit when I was a child, Um, and but yet there was a lot of dysfunction in that tight knit family, and so I have I've had a hard time saying like my family's dysfunctional when. Most of the examples of dysfunction is like they all just don't talk to each other or the problems that they have. Um, And so just grieving things that were, I had a family, but were not enough in the fact that the dysfunction caused other problems in my life, or I had a mother who also used me as her emotional support. And so just a variety of things fall into that category of grieving what was, but was not enough and grieving what was and what shouldn't have been, right? So grieving the fact that things happened to us that shouldn't have happened to us. Maybe you have experienced abuse. Maybe you have experienced trauma. Things that happened that shouldn't have happened, and there's a grief process that comes along with that. We grieve feeling like personally safe, I know for a while in my life, after some trauma that I experienced, I had a really difficult time feeling safety anywhere, anywhere in my life. Um, just like feeling physically safe and living with that was difficult, and grieving that process of of feeling safe. And so, their grief is—it's huge. It's any type of loss that we experience. It's not just exclusively saved for death and I'm grateful for that knowledge because it allows me the ability to grieve these things that have happened in my life that uh, that I'm not exactly happy about Um, and to kind of be able to put words to that and not just shove it down or tell myself I shouldn't feel that way or things like that so I'm grateful to know that grieving happens for any type of loss I'm also grateful to know that there are no official stages of grief. I know that that's not like popular opinion or common accepted opinion but in the research that I've done about grief and the reading that I've done about grief there are no official stages of grief. There's a really great book called the Grief Recovery Handbook um, that my therapist gave to me when my mom was first diagnosed with cancer. And I love that the beginning, the first couple chapters are about debunking the myths about grief. And one of those myths is that there's official stages of grief. That we all go through denial, that we all go through anger, that we all, you know, kind of go through these stages. And it's just not true. It's not true. If there was some research done on the stages um, of Loss or grieving um, for terminal cancer. Like, there was a study done and they kind of identified some of these stages, but it was not about grief. It was not necessarily about losing a loved one or about grieving a loss. Um, And so, we've taken that study though and like generally broad stroke applied it to the whole grieving process. And it's simply not true. So, if you are in grief, or you need to grieve, or you feel like there are losses and things in your life that you want to kind of work through, recognize and remember that there are no official stages of grief, right? I'm not in denial that my mom is dead. Um, I don't (laughs) think that, you know, I don't walk around, like, looking for her or things like that. Like, they don't apply, So if you have struggled with that or you're like, I've gone through the anger stage and I shouldn't be angry anymore. eh, That's just not how it works. So cut yourself some slack in that area. Um, Just recognize that everybody's grief process is different because everyone's loss is different. My friend and I both lost our mom. We had some commonalities. I think it's funny. Both of our moms had the same maiden name. Both of our moms died of cancer. They both died very similarly at home. They both died in a short, you know, in a similar time period. And yet her loss and my loss are totally different because our relationships with these people were totally different. The relationships around us are totally different. So we might have a similar person or experience that we've had um, and that we might be grieving a similar experience but the stages that we go through or the, the, um, experiences that we have about grieving, I don't even want to call them stages. The experiences that we have around grieving are going to be totally different and we need to honor that. That's okay. I'm going to feel one way. She might feel a totally different way. I'm going to, you know, she might feel, we might have some that we feel that are similar and that's okay. You know, everyone's experience is totally different with grief and I'm grateful for that I'm grateful to know that there are no stages I'm grateful to know that everyone's experience is different Um, I'm not going to feel exactly the same and that's okay and I need to be able to accept that and cut myself some slack around that and cut others slack around that right and be willing to accept that grief is coming and it's different for everyone so I'm grateful to know that, that there are no stages. The other thing I'm really grateful to know is that grief is not linear. Uh, it's not that I work through it on a straight line and then I get to the other end and I should be over it, quote unquote, over it, right? Or I should be able to, quote, get on with my life um, or that I should be able to, that I shouldn't, you know, continue to feel loss or continue to feel badly for a period of time. Um, I'm just grateful to know that grief is not linear. I don't go through it once and then it's over. Grief is more circular. I did an episode a while ago on the courage to circle back um, just to recognize that things kind of go in orbit in our life and there might be periods of time where grief is really, really present in my life. And then there might be periods of time where it goes out on orbit and it's not so present and it's not taking up so much space or bandwidth in my life. And then it comes back and that I experience it differently or something happens and and I experience different things around that. And that's totally acceptable and good and And that's how it kind of works. It's not linear. It's not something to work through and then be done with. It's going to circle back. It's going to come back. It's going to disrupt my life at different times. And it might disrupt my life for years. The orbit is pretty short right now. It goes out, you know, on orbit for, I don't know, sometimes it's only out on orbit for a few hours and that's okay. Sometimes it's out on orbit for a few days. Sometimes it's even been a couple weeks since the passing of my mom. Um, and that's okay. And then it comes back. Maybe as I continue to sit in it and talk about it and things change in my life, maybe it will go out on orbit for months at a time. Um, I'm hopeful that maybe that might be the case. And that's okay. Uh, But right now, I am grateful for the little breaks that I get and for the few hours sometimes that it can go out on orbit and for the few days sometimes that it can go out on orbit. I'm grateful for that. So grief is not linear. That's one of the things I know about grief. It's not linear. Um, I'm also grateful to know that grief takes up like bandwidth in my life so I think you're all probably familiar with the concept of bandwidth right so you know you have a certain cable density or rating I should say and that cable can carry so much um, bandwidth or so can handle so much traffic right and when it runs out then things get slower, or um, you drop calls, that's one of the common things, or your internet slows down, right, because you don't have enough s- space to feed every device you have all at the same time. And I really liked that analogy, it was an analogy that my uh, therapist shared with me, that grief takes up bandwidth in my head, and in, in my body, in my head, in my emotional life, that grief just takes up bandwidth. And I, I noticed things like, um, this was like before my mom passed away, I noticed things, um, like I couldn't listen to music and work or do something else at the same time. That was, that was, that's always been commonplace for me my whole life. I almost constantly have like the soundtrack of my life going on music happening all of the time. And for a while I couldn't do music with lyrics. So I could still do like music that didn't have lyrics. So that worked for me because I like a lot of jazz and I like a lot of classical music. And, um, and so I would do music that just didn't have lyrics and that worked for me for a while. But then I even got to the point where I couldn't do that. I literally could not listen to music and work at the same time. That was hard for me to accept because, I love music, <laughs> and and to recognize like it felt like an impairment. Like I was somehow broken or impaired because I couldn't do those two things at the same time. Uh, similarly, with TV, I used to put like TV or movies on in the background while I would do a bunch of computer work or things like that, and I couldn't do that anymore. It even got to the point for a while, particularly last fall, where I couldn't drive and listen to things at the same time. I couldn't drive and listen to even like a podcast or a, um, or just music in general. I couldn't listen to anything because I had too much things going, too many things going on in my head. I had too much and there was a lot of grief and there was a lot of things. And, and so I had to give up some of the things vying for my attention, right? Like if you are slow, if your internet's slow, the best thing you can do is turn off one of your devices so that you don't have so many things looking to drain your bandwidth and so I had to do that in my own life and it was sometimes simple like I just couldn't listen to the radio sometimes it was much harder I struggled with performing in all of the jobs and the duties that I have like I had to say no to some things I had to get some uh, help in some areas because grief takes up bandwidth in our lives And, and so that's that's just a reality that I've learned about grief and I have to understand that that that's the case (laughs) and accept that and not try to push myself too hard and try to get everything done plus grieve on top of that that just doesn't work so that's one of the things I'm grateful to know about grief is that it takes up bandwidth Um, another thing that's really been helpful for me in the grieving process Um, is understanding some of the um, common ways that people respond to loss or to grief and being able to recognize those and um, some of, I should say, some of the unhealthy common ways that people respond to to loss and be able to stay out of those messes. So in this book, The Grief Recovery Handbook, which if you're experiencing any kind of loss, I highly, 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 highly recommend. Um, But it's uh, one of the things that they talk about is this idea of um, enshrinement or bedevilment. So when people pass away, particularly, but also with other just kind of general losses, I would say, in your life one of the tendencies that we have to do as human beings is to either enshrine this person or bedevil this person. So we either forget all of the negative things that they did and enshrine them to be this angelic saint, or we forget all the positive things that they've done and bedevil them and turn them into kind of the scapegoat or the person that we blame for everything going on in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I have seen this all of the time. In fact, I would say I've experienced this too because I've been in relationships and then we break up and I think, I'm never going back to that relationship for all these reasons. Blah, 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 right? And then, I don't know, two weeks later, uh, maybe longer, maybe shorter, for some reason, all I can remember are the good things or the things that I miss about that person, and I can't really remember all of the negative, difficult things that were, that we experienced when we were in a relationship, and so what do I do? I call them, right? I've enshrined them, I haven't allowed them to be human, I've enshrined them, and turned it into this, like, beautiful thing that I miss, this relationship, and then, you know, we get together again, and we interact, and we play out some of those Really difficult moments or things again, and I'm reminded, Oh, that's right, this is why this relationship does not work. And I've gone through that process with people, and I've seen people go through that process when they lose someone. Uh, we did a little bit of that, I would say, with my dad. When I, um, when my dad passed away, there are things about my dad that not all my siblings know, um, and and there was a little bit of this process of like holding him up and on a pedestal and saying, this is the epitome of fatherhood or the epitome of a relationship. And this is the example that we should all follow. And I know that was really, really difficult for my mother, but also my mom did some of that as well. And so it's it's really it's really complicated and really difficult. And one of the things that we have to remember is that we are all human beings all have problems we just because someone has passed away doesn't mean that the negative things that happened Uh in their life or the things that um, might have caused problems for us they didn't go away (laughs) and so realizing and holding both of those contradicting ideas um, at the same time we have that kind of saying in our society that says we don't speak ill of the dead but we can't speak reality about the dead. And I think that that's important to, to recognize. And that dead could be, you know, a relationship that died, right? It doesn't have to be someone that actually physically died. I think one of the major things that we have to go through in recovery is grief. We have to be willing to grieve relationships. We have to be willing to grieve What happened and what shouldn't have happened. Uh, What happened and what wasn't enough. Um, We have to be willing to grieve these things that have have gone on in our lives. Um, If addiction is the grief process interrupted because grief is hard and the emotions are difficult, then one of the ways that we get out of addiction is to allow that grief process to begin again and to keep going and to to start up again in our lives. So these are just a few of the things that I am really grateful for that I, that I know about grief. I'm grateful to know that grief is necessary. Learning to deal with loss is necessary in our lives. From the time that we're little, we lose things. And if we don't learn to deal with loss, then we're going to have some pretty serious problem. So I'm I'm grateful to know that in my life and I'm grateful for the resources that I have found to help me with grief. I'm grateful for the people in my life who have gone through grief that have helped me and kind of led me down that path to understand that a little bit more. And I'm grateful to have gone through that process because to be going through that process, I should we say. Because it's not a process that we go through and it's over. But I have found that when I take the time to sit in it, when I take the time to really give grief the space that it needs in my life, that I find that it's not so overwhelming. When I take time to really allow grief and experience grief. I recognize that first that I can. I, I'm not going to die. It's not going to kill me. Second that I learn from it. Third that I learn to live more presently. Because I know that. All I can do really is control what happens right now in this moment. And that I can't control. Things, other things. And I just have learned so many great lessons from allowing grief its time and its space in my life. And I've also learned that when I don't fight it, it tends to hang out for a while and then it also leaves for a while. It's when I fight it that it seems to overwhelm my life more and more. But when I allow it the space and I take the time to experience it, it teaches what it's here for and then it and then it leaves and it goes out on orbit. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for that in my life. Having the courage to grieve is hard. Grief is hard. It's messy, it's not always it's not linear, there aren't clear stages, it feels overwhelming, it feels like you're going to die. And so it's difficult and and I know that. Having the courage to go through it and to work on it and to spend time there is a big deal. So I hope today that you can have a little bit more courage to allow yourself some space to grieve. Because grieving is addiction is the grief process interrupted. And so if we want to step out of addiction We have to have the courage to allow ourselves to grieve. So I I hope that maybe sharing some of the lessons or some of the things that I've learned about grief and that I'm grateful to know about grief can help you to have that courage to grieve a little bit more in your life and allow yourself that space and that grace to grieve in your life. Okay, know that no matter what is going on in your life, No matter how far you think you've gone, down or up, no matter what's happening, no matter what things you need to grieve, no matter how long you've been ignoring the grief process, no matter what, you are worth recovery. You're 100% worth it. And if you don't know that, just trust me because I do 100% know that you are worth recovery. And if you just hang on and trust me, you'll get there too. Know that I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy.